on 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton and so good to have a chat from Stable One. We are going to find out what that is uh, with Jenny Willits right now. How are you, Jenny? Yep, doing well, thank you. That's great. Look, wonderful to be able to chat to you via the wonders of Zoom as well. And uh, certainly uh, I know that uh, it is something so exciting to be talking about Stable One. We're going to dig into how it all occurred and all those sorts of things in a couple of minutes' time. But briefly, that sort of top-line summary of what it is. Stable One is a small charity that started five years ago and our goal was to support the church to do something in the space of um, homelessness and accommodation. So we help the church to work together to share God's love with people through providing accommodation and to journey with people caring for their physical and their spiritual needs. Yeah. And was this located to a specific region as well, Jenny? Originally, yep. We started out in the Yarra Ranges in the Yarra Valley. Um, So that's where we still are, but we're now helping people all around Victoria and beyond to, uh, to replicate what we've been doing. Yeah, we're going to talk a bit more about this and uh, the development of it and, and the impact that it's having as we go through. Uh, before we, we get into that, Jenny, let's talk a bit about your uh, heart for it, because to get involved in a work like this, uh, there's got to be sort of a basis for it. I, I'm imagining that faith has a, a part to play, as you, you've mentioned, that connection with church. But has this always been a, a part of your life that you've looked to try and connect people in and to, to look for look after those who are you know going through tough moments or is this something that's later on in life been a part of who you are yeah I never when I was young said or oh, when I grow up I think I'll work with people that are homeless yeah. so uh, in fact my whole life has been a bit of a shock to me because it was never what I thought it might be so um, no I, I basically I've just followed God in my life and um, that's taken me from England to Australia to Papua New Guinea to back to Australia. And, um, yeah, I started working in a food bank and started meeting people that were homeless and saw the need and just said, this shouldn't happen. Let's pray about it and see if there's something we can do. So yeah. I guess I'm a doer and I'm a good organiser and I just yeah, can use the skills I've got to make a difference, I guess. Yeah, it's great. Now, we do understand that, you know, a number of people who listen to the radio station would say, look, yep, I have that faith too and, and that's part of who it is and we know there's, you know, about probably the same amount of people who say, I don't mind listening to you guys and, and you talk a bit about this faith idea, but don't consider themselves that. You said, you know, you're sort of following God in that. How does that actually come about? What does following God mean for you in those regards? Is it sort of, you know, flashes of lights and, you know, how, how do you know what God's asking you to do? Um, generally, um, certainly in this area, was responding to what was in front of me. Um, you know, I I trust God. I've been a Christian a long time. I believe, and you know, in the Bible, and the Bible is really a, a good rule book for life. Not a rule book, but a good book to live by. Um, and yeah, I, I think you know, I know that as a Christian, I'm called to care for people who are on the margins, and um, you know, share what I've got with others. And I, I think that's really the crux of it yeah no I don't hear voices from God saying do this next or do that next um but when people are in front of me with huge need and I think there's probably something we could do about that that's just a case of following the path and see where it ends up you know yeah uh, let's talk a bit about stable one um, one of the questions I ask is well hold on a second don't 
Don't we have the salvos and government operations working to, to help people around homelessness? Uh, why is Stable One needed? Why is it needed? Well, because not everybody has a home, you know, and um, I know in the outer east, uh, we were saying even a couple of years ago that the government would need to build 3,000 new homes every year for the next 10 years mm. to even start to deal with the issue. And there is some good work going on. And there is some, there's more building going on, but it's not enough. Um, there's more and more people who are homeless. And even though the census, um, you know, has a good go at counting, they don't go in the bush and look for people in the bush. And, you know, the statistics are pretty terrible. Um, and it's an issue that I think a lot of people don't see in the suburbs. You see in the city, you know, people who are sleeping rough. Um, and I never saw it in my area until I started working in a food bank and people came in every week that were sleeping in the cars or couch surfing. They weren't necessarily in doorways, but somewhere in the park. Um, but it's everywhere. It's not just a city issue. It's absolutely everywhere. And it's a lot to do with housing affordability um, and the lack of social and public housing. Yeah. Uh, so is the answer, and I'm deliberately being rather simplistic here because I'm trying to understand it more, is the answer simply to just get more homes or is there something a bit more systemic that's occurring that is um, meaning people are finding themselves in places where they are homeless? Uh, there's many factors around why people end up homeless. Um, I think a huge one that we tend to see is relationship breakdown. But, you know, there's um, a lot of factors involved. COVID is the new one, um, you know, um, but mental health and addiction, um, domestic violence, domestic family violence, all those kind of things. There's a lot of different factors. And I think a lot of people... Um, if they stopped for a moment and thought about it, would realise they're not too many steps away from it themselves. You know, if you lost, like with COVID, if you lost your job, you know, and you couldn't meet the rent um, and, you know, eventually something has to give and housing is ridiculously expensive. I mean, anybody that has a home, um, you know, especially now if you're trying to rent even, it's just unaffordable and even if two of you have got a job in a household is even very difficult for people yeah. So, yeah yeah so here you are you saw this need it was for you through this food bank and uh, you you took that knowledge and the understanding and as you said this is what's in front of me and went let's do something about it you went to something that you understood and you knew around your faith um, and actually started getting churches to work together for those who may not uh, be a you know across much of the church world you think well wouldn't all the churches just automatically work together well hopefully that would be the the ideal but it does sometimes take people to to join that how did you actually go about this idea of even starting something like stable one prayer was the beginning um so john uh, john is my amazing husband we are a team and uh, you'll never see him or hear from him but He's right there with me. Um, he and I had a lady come stay in our home. Uh, we had a couple of ladies that were homeless we took in and the second person who came was a um, pretty complex person, but we learned a whole lot from having her in our home over the weekend. And after she left, 
um, I asked friends of mine if they'd like to pray just on Facebook, who would like to pray with me about this issue of homelessness. And the next day, 15 people showed up at my house to come and pray. And that was really the beginning of Stable One when we, you know, I said, let's ask God what we can do. Let's ask him in prayer and listen and see what God shows us. And out of that, um, people you know, we, we kept meeting to pray, but I kept saying, we're not just going to pray, we're going to do something. So listen and tell me what you hear God say. And, you know, there were three things that came out of that. And one was um, love people like Jesus. It's a bit of a no-brainer for a Christian, but seemed like we needed to hear it again. Love people like Jesus. Uh, work together as the church. And if you only help one person, it's still worth trying to do something. And that's the one in a name, stable one. That's where that really comes from and so you know with those three things we then I then started having people come to me saying oh I've heard about uh, this project in America where churches open up and let people come inside and sleep overnight someone else said oh I lived in Canada once and churches in Canada do this thing where people come into the church and sleep overnight and then I ring my mom in England and she's just been to a funeral in a church and she goes, oh, I went to this church today. And you know what? They open up and let people come inside overnight so they can sleep, people that are homeless. And at that point I said, I think that is what God is saying to us. You know, that is something we could do. We've got churches that are empty overnight. People are not in there overnight. Um, we've got lots of buildings and people might be sleeping in the doorway or in the car park. Why not find a way to help open up the doors and say, you know what, come inside come and be warm and come and have a place to stay. Yeah. So that's really where that came from. So that's the idea. Uh, how does it then get into practice? We're going to be back with Jenny Willits in just a moment from Stable One as we hear more of that story and then some of the outcome of what it has meant for people uh, throughout the, the area and maybe even how you, your local community or your local church could get involved. That's more on the way next here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. On 89.9, The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton. And, uh, well, she's certainly inspiring me as I'm, I'm listening to Jenny Willits talk about the work of Stable One. Uh, and if you haven't uh, heard the previous section just a couple of moments ago, the summary is uh, Jenny was really wanting to uh, make sure that she was following and living out her faith. Uh, and at the same time was working at a food bank and realised there was a homelessness that was occurring, especially through the Yarra Valley where you're, you're based there, Jenny. Um, and what, what are we going to do about it? Had a prayer meeting with some friends. Felt like they were saying that, you know, we should love like Jesus. We should help out that, that even if it's just one person, we should do what we can do. And, uh, and then got connected in with, in you know, course of a day or so, uh, three different places that it said, look, people often have churches around the world open up their doors for people to sleep in uh, overnight when these, these buildings are empty. Maybe this is where it is. So this was the idea. This is what you felt you should do, Jenny. Um, it, it has now transpired. Uh, take us through how that actually started working as you started putting this all together and, and having churches work together to, to do this. Yep. Um, it sounds easy and straightforward, but it's really not. A um, very large-scale program as well. It takes a lot of people to pull it off. Um, I made good friends with this guy in England that my mom connected me to who had run a program there, and he really um, supported me on the phone and um, through email sent me a whole bunch of information, um, gathered as much as I could from all different places that had been running programs, found things on the internet, and then probably spent about six months where we put together a think tank 
and just with some professional people as well who worked in this space already and kind of wrote our policies and ran everything past them and said, okay, what do you reckon? Is this something we could do? And at the same time, I was meeting individually with all the pastors of local churches and saying to them, got this great idea, what do you think? And they all said, yep, sounds like a great idea, let's do it, which, yeah, kind of meant go ahead and you can do that and we'll support you. Which, <laughs> um, but it was great. I really got them all on board and um, we ended up our first year being able to open um, and we had seven different churches who each took one night of the week. Um, we recruited volunteers. We had, you'd need at least 150 volunteers. So we had to recruit, vet, train those people um, and then um, have a go at something we'd never done before and see if all these policies and ideas that we'd got worked. Um, but we opened up for a pilot program in 2017 on the 1st of June. And everyone kept saying to me, it's a really big thing. Maybe you should just do one night a week or two nights a week. And um, I said, well, where are they going to go the other nights of the week? So let's just give it a go. And um, we kind of put our buckled ourselves in and, and had a go and we managed to pull it off. Um, we went for 13 weeks where we, so 90 nights we were open and we allow people, we, we vet people who come to stay. So they have to go through a process of being interviewed and assessed to see if they're appropriate because we have criteria about that you have to meet to come and stay, which is really around being drug and alcohol free, you know, unaffected by that when you come, um, managing mental health. We have uh, we only take people 25 and over, but men and women in, in our program. And, um, yeah, we took in 28 different people that first year over that winter period, uh, up to 10 a night, but over the period they interchanged and yeah had a successful um yeah, successful program for the winter that's great and was the intent that it's um here's the room you can do it or is it that hey look we've we the church is going to have a bit of food there for you and we've got some you know mattresses or something like that what was the expected there yeah very much partnership with the churches so each church took responsibility for managing their night and they would um, appoint a coordinator for that night who was in charge they'd provide the meal so you know in one church we had people in their 80s ladies in their 80s coming in to cook dinner and then they'd hang around and have a game of cards till 10 o'clock you know um just really uh gave churches even really small churches it gave them the opportunity to just really do something because we had this mega roster of volunteers. So even if your church was tiny and full of elderly people, you could still be part of it because you have a building that's got heating and a kitchen and everything. Um, but as long as you could provide a coordinator and you could provide the food, uh, we would then roster volunteers from this huge pool on whatever night they could do it. And this was really the beauty of it because churches were really mixing up and working together and everyone's getting to know everybody from all these different churches. And it wasn't just um, volunteers from within the churches. We would take people who were not connected to a church as well, who just wanted to come and help out. Um, and there were just lovely opportunities for uh, a whole community kind of response, really, to yeah. offer some care. Yeah. yeah. So that's the original one. We're now five years down the track. What, what does Stable One look like now? Um, the following year, we supported a, um, the next 
um, Shire along with Marinda and uh, we helped them to get a program going. Um, the next year, people in Bendigo were keen to know how they could do it, so we helped them to get started. And at the same time, we're talking to people in Sunbury. And so at that point, then, you know, I'm one person and uh, we decided there's got to be a smart way to do this. So we developed um, the Stable One Winter Shelter Network and we just invite people to who want our support to get started um, to join the network. And we've got our website set up now with a whole bunch of resources that people can access. Uh, we can help support them with training and that kind of thing to get their program going. But they're all autonomous. So they're, you know, they're part of a network, but they, they run themselves and they might all be slightly different and do things slightly differently. But we have this wonderful community of practice now. So we um, we meet together for a conference once a year and share what we've done and what we've learned, how we can do better. Uh, right now we're meeting fortnightly on Zoom with the coordinators. Uh, there's new programs in Shepparton this year. Um, Wangaratta are running again. Uh, and even in Toowoomba in Queensland, they've just started a program this year and they're going great guns. So it's been fantastic this year hearing their stories as well um, as they've got started. So that's the winter shelter. COVID last year, of course, provided um, all sorts of challenges and winter shelters were just really hard to run, although a couple did run. I think Bendigo still ran theirs and Wangaratta. Um, but we knew that we couldn't do it here, so we had a quick pivot and had already been talking to the um, owners of a conference centre out here in the Yarra Valley to see if there was something else that we could do that was like a longer-term option. And uh, we went back to, to them and said, can we do a three-month pilot program of something else? And so we took over this conference centre last winter and uh, my husband and I moved in and we just started to take in people in a supported accommodation program, which was successful. So we are, we've opened again and we, we're doing that again this year, but yeah. for the whole year. So, yeah. In incredible. Um, Jenny, do you look back five and a half years and sort of go, okay, I had this feeling like I was supposed to do something. Here I was seeing this and then, oh, my goodness, look at the incredible change. It is a, a truly a remarkable thing that has occurred. And, um, and what I love about it is, as you said, it's not something that has to hang off you from now on. You, you're able to do that. It, it, that's wonderful community in action, isn't it? It is exciting and it's exhausting. <laughs> um, but when I, you know, when I get on a Zoom meeting like that and, you know, this guy Pete in Toowoomba says, oh, I've been telling your stories for the last year, but now we're doing it ourselves and we've got our own stories. Yeah. You know, it's so exciting. And, you know, when we opened this April, the first person that came in here was our 100th person in, in the Yarra Valley that we had supported. So, you know, we said we'd do it for one and we've had 100 ones. And I just yeah. think, you know, everyone is unique and special and made in the image of God. and you know, it's different for everybody who comes to stay, but our, our little vision and um, slogan is more than a place to stay. You know, we recognise that homelessness isn't just about needing a roof over your head and the connection that people get when they come and stay in a winter shelter or here at the lodge. And um, that's actually sometimes more important than the bed and the roof, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
there's been a lot of ones who've had more than a place to stay and yeah. there's going to be more as it grows. So it's really encouraging. Yeah. Um, two final things for me. We're going to get in a moment. My final question will be around how can people connect in? Uh, so we were going to get to that. But just, just before we do, sometimes it's great to just paint the picture of all of the work down into one person's story and understand if you can't share people's names. Is there a story that you love sharing to sort of explain the impact of what Stable One is having? I've got so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, I guess my most current one, um, there's a guy that stayed with us, um, I think 2018. And uh, we've been on a journey with him ever since. He's uh, A lot of people stay connected, which is lovely. But I had a phone call from him last week um, because Every now, you know, he loses his phone often and there's a new number. So he contacts me somehow through the website and says, this is my new number, ring me. And um, I got on to him. And after he left us, you know, he'd had time. He'd had a hard life. He'd been in and out of jail. Um, he had a lot of trauma in his past. I remember one morning showing up at the shelter and he said to me, you know, you know that couple at, at Wandin Baptist Church, Harley and March, do you know they really they really love each other and they've been married 51 years. Have you seen the way he treats her? And, you know, people think that success, like, is getting people housed and it's not. It's little gems like that when somebody sees, oh, there's there's something I've never seen before. I've never experienced anybody who's been together in a marriage for 51 years and they still love each other. Anyway, this guy has just been, he's been really special to me and John and he was back in jail at one point and we went out and visited him in Castle May. Then last year we were Zooming him while he was in jail because suddenly you could Zoom, which was way easier for us. Um, and then he rang last week and now he's in Queensland and he said, I just wanted to talk to you. He said, and I'm, I'm off the grog and I'm working full time and we're living on this bush block, but it's going really well. And um, I, just, I just really love you and John. And I, and I tell you, like, that does it for me. That keeps me going for the next year, really, yeah. a little encouragement like that. Um, and, and, yeah, he's just one of many. And, you know, he's not in a, a home made of bricks or weatherboard. You know, his life isn't all together yet, but it's different, you know. He remembers the meal that someone cooked him on his birthday when he had his birthday at the shelter, you know, and the fun that we had together. And um, there's just so many of those little stories, really. Yeah, it's great. Um, Jenny, love hearing that. Uh, a couple of things as we, we do close. Firstly, individually, is there ways that individuals can help you? Uh, is it that, you know, you take donations? Is it that it's actually volunteering? What's the best way for an individual? And then I'm going to ask the same thing for if churches want to get involved. Yeah, sure. If you want to get involved in a winter shelter, now is a great time to do that. Um, some have started, some are getting started. Some have had to delay just briefly because of the latest lockdown. Um, everybody needs people to do overnight shifts. So if you're thinking now I want to do an evening shift and be there for dinner, you probably missed the boat. Um, but everybody needs people who will do even one or two overnight shifts. And that usually means turning up around 10 o'clock at night with two other people, you get some training so you don't just go in cold, but, you know, you, you'd stay awake and you get a chance to sleep for part of the night, but mostly you're awake. So if you're a shift worker or an insomniac or um, you do your best work at night, it's a great time to catch up on things. Or if you're a uni student who's got holidays in July and you want to stay up all night, play computer games, 
this is the job for you. So um, get involved like that. That's that's probably the biggest need for volunteers, I would yep. say, right now. Yeah, um, yeah, and always all the different programs will take donations of, of all sorts of things, yeah. um, finances, food, all sorts of things. So if you're local to a project, check it out and see what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. And what about a church? Somebody's listening and said, you know what, my church should be involved or maybe there's a you know, a, a pastor or a leader listening and thinking, you know, this is something that we can do. It, it, how, how best are they connecting? Yep. So they could email me. They can have a look at our website. Um, that's stableone.org. And on there, there's information about winter shelters. So they can have a read of that, contact us through the website, um, and then we can start a conversation. So I'm having those conversations all the time. And it only needs one person with a passion in an area and if you want me to come and speak in your area, I'll come and speak and get people excited. Um, but it's great. It, it just takes off. You just need somebody really passionate about it. Yeah. And, I mean, this is the thing. As you you, you discovered as well, um, it might be a bit hidden, but there's always homelessness everywhere we go. So every every church can really be involved in this way as well. Uh, that website, again, Stable One, spelt out, O-N-E, stableone.org is the website, stableone.org. Jenny, um, I am just uh, so inspired by the story that you are telling and the work that is happening. Thank you so much uh, on behalf of your whole team um, uh, for the work that is occurring and thanks for sharing with us today. That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Jenny Willits from Stable One. That's stableone.org is the website. Here on 89.9 The Light.